The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hello, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. I'm your host, Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest really is someone special. Today, the marketing legend, Joe Sugarman, is joining us on the show. Joe, thank you so much for being with me today. Well, it's, it's wonderful being with you, Joey. Thank you. Joe, can you let us know a little bit about how you first got into marketing and advertising? Well, when I was in uh, high school, uh, I... Uh, was a photographer. I was a school photographer, and I had my own uh, column. And I would, and people would enjoy the column. But it was a very conservative school, and so I couldn't say what I really wanted to say. And then finally, I decided, you know what? I'm going to come up with my own newspaper, my own magazine. And so that's what I did. But I had to go out and I had to sell advertising, and I had to recruit writers. And so it was my first experience, and it was uh, eye-opening. I mean, <laughs> just to get people to advertise in your publication, but it, it was uh, very successful. We made national news for doing it, and, uh, uh, you know, we did well. Now, we only we only had one issue, but it was a great issue, and everybody enjoyed it, and I went on to college uh, to uh, enter journalism. I was going to be a journalist. didn't turn out that way, but that's what I was intended to be. Okay, and you've had quite a long celebrated career since then, Joe. What would you say would be just the highlights of your career. I know that you've had a few books published, which I've read, which is what prompted me to get in touch with you. So what would you say are some of the best bits of your career? Well, we were the first company to introduce the power of the pocket calculator, the integrated circuit. Uh, we were the first company to introduce digital watches. And, and this is back uh, in the uh, uh, early 70s. Uh, we were also the first company in the uh, world, actually, to take credit card orders over the phone. Wow. As a matter of fact, it was illegal at the time. Uh, you, you had to have your customer's signature. But I'd get calls from, I'd get calls from uh, customers that said, I need that calculator right away. Well, please, could you send it? And I said, well, I, I need your signature. He says, well, just sign my name. So I would. And I noticed that after several months that nobody ever took advantage of it, uh, and it was kind of confidential. So I, so I said, you know what, what if I put a, my, in my coupon, credit card buyers call toll-free, which I did. And what happened was uh, we were deluged with phone calls because um, Bell Systems had just come out with their toll-free uh, customer service uh, lines, actually. And uh, so we took advantage of it to sell product. And we did this for like six months, and nobody, you know, the, the credit card companies, instead of get, uh, preventing us from doing this, just were quiet. And then we get a call from Bell Systems here in the U.S., and they said that, uh, hey, we know what you're doing. We've been following your success. We want to publicize what you're doing and your success in the Wall Street Journal in a full-page ad. So. So that was so they did, and that really uh, helped direct marketing tremendously because catalogs proliferated during that time, uh, uh, call centers opened up. I mean, it was just a whole revolution, and it was funny. It was just that one little thing that serendipitous 
opportunity that I took advantage of, and it turned out to be a, a great uh, moneymaker for me. And of course, it uh, brought the entire uh, direct marketing industry uh, one level higher. Brilliant. So, yeah, so the toll-free number, I'd say that was probably among my best uh, <laughs> successes. But I also had, um, we were one of the first to do infomercials, uh, one of the early uh, home shopping uh, people, that, you know, that sold products on home shopping. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've been in London so many times on QVC there in London, uh, yeah. several years and, uh, really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed uh, London. I enjoyed the people and it was, uh, it was just a great, uh, great fun. And, uh, uh, I continue to innovate in different uh, areas. Fantastic. And if you don't mind me saying, Joe, you've been decades in the industry and the types of ads that you write, they are million dollar kind of ads, aren't they? You know, we're talking pretty big league here, aren't we? Well, you know, you <laughs> I forgot probably one of the most important things. And that was that I started a company called Blue Blocker Corporation selling a, a pair of sunglasses called Blue Blockers. And that uh, product, we sold 20 million pair. And we used infomercials and print, and we used uh, home shopping, and we used just about every conceivable marketing method. Uh, and some months selling as many as 300,000 pair. And this was all over the world, including, of course, uh, England and uh, the common common market, uh, you know, the uh, euro. Um, so anyway, it was it was a huge success, and that was probably my biggest success. Uh, but I've had a lot of others, and you know, and oh, probably the biggest uh, thing about uh, me is that I've probably failed more times than anybody can possibly imagine. And it's uh, through failure, it's through failure that you learn and you you grow and you and eventually you'll be successful. You just the key is never to give up. Sure, thank you for that. All right, Joe. So the questions that I wanted to ask you today. They're all inspired by the books that you've written, and I just wanted to go through some of my favorite bits of your books. My first question is, in your book, Triggers, you talk about product nature, and I was just wondering if you could let us know what product nature is and why it's so important to understand it well for creating an advert. Well, uh, let's take, for example, uh, product nature. Um, uh, let's say I was selling a burglar alarm. And uh, what I've learned about selling burglar alarms, but we did, we did actually, we were one of the top companies selling uh, burglar alarms through the mail. And what I learned was that people would tear out the ad and not respond. They would just keep the ad. And then when their neighbor got robbed or if there was some bad experience in the neighborhood, then they'd take out that old ad and they'd read it and then they'd give us a call. And so that, the nature of that product was that it was something that when people felt a real need, when it was something where circumstances created the need, they would then respond. Well, uh, respond. Well, you have to know your, your, your. Um, you have to know. Uh, you have to know the the nature of your your prospect. Uh, another good example is uh, I was sitting in my bedroom upstairs in my home. Uh, all of a sudden, I see an ambulance pulling. Uh, next door to my neighbor's house, and uh, out goes the, my neighbor who had a heart attack and died. Now, prior to that, I had this insurance agent constantly calling me, telling me I should have insurance, and he'd come to my house and buy a few pocket calculators. So he became a friend, and then when I was when my neighbor died next door, and he was a young kind of guy, I was really shocked. <laughs> I called up my my insurance guy, the guy that 
uh, had been badgering me, and I said, hey, you know that insurance you were talking about? I think it might be a good idea. So that, that's product nature. Okay, and you also talk about prospect nature as well, Joe. Is that sort of linked with product nature? Yeah, you've got to understand your customer. You've got to learn everything you could possibly find out about what what is that customer about. And uh, in my books, I, I talk about some beautiful examples of that, where if you discover the nature of your prospect, and again, that comes through learning about that, uh, you, you, you really have a powerful, what we call a psychological trigger. Okay, one of the things you, you talk about in your books as well, you basically say that when you can, when someone is reading an ad, that you should control the buying environment. Similar to like when someone is in a shop, they're in a buying environment. But when I first read this, I thought, well, how can you possibly control it where someone is reading your ad from a distance? How do you control the buying environment? So I was just wondering, how do you do that in your adverts? How do you control the buying environment? Well, I think a real good example uh, that I learned this from was uh, there was this guy that was the uh, best salesperson in this uh, uh, the store that sold television sets and, and, and washing machines and everything like that. And he was the most successful salesperson they'd ever had. And he was retiring and he was going to give his speech and he decided he would tell everybody what he did. And what he did was, um, what he did was he would look at the, uh, look at the, uh, uh, people that would walk in the store. He would just be standing on the sidelines and then when he um, uh, saw somebody turning the knobs of a television, he knew that that, that person was, uh, uh, was a good prospect. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I hope that answers your question. But I've got a lot of examples of, of, uh, of the nature of prospects and, and how you could uh, determine how to deal with them and how to interact if you're going to sell an expensive product, you want your ad to to reflect the uh, the quality of that product. Um, you want to create a buying environment where people will feel comfortable. A good example is I went to a, a, a art gallery, and in the art gallery, um, uh, the, the paintings were on the floor, and it was it was kind of slocky looking. I didn't expect to pay much for any painting that I'd buy there, but I went to another gallery. And the gallery was had carpeting and they had pictures where they were hung on the wall and there was real comfortable chairs where you can sit and, and discuss things. And so I expected to pay more for that as well. So the buying environment uh, often is reflected in, in, in different ways. And you can reflect that also in copy. What do you mean by the slippery slide when it comes to copywriting? What's the slippery slide? Well, when people see your advertisement... Um, they, the first thing that attracts them is the headline and maybe the subheadline and maybe the captions for the pictures and maybe the paragraph headings and maybe, and in other words, the whole idea of the slippery slide is to get you to read uh, one of the elements and that element is so persuasive or so curiosity building that you want to read the second uh, thing, like the subheading. And that would be so curiosity building that you'd want to read uh, read the first sentence. And when you read the first sentence, you might be so curious, well, what is it? And then you read the second sentence and the third sentence. So you create like a slippery slide. You create something where you can't get off. You just you keep on 
you keep on reading because you, 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 you're so compelled through curiosity and through a bunch of other techniques that you read the whole ad. And uh, they say that if you can get the person to read the first two paragraphs and you're doing a good job of copywriting, that person will read the entire ad. And I've, I've proven that. I've uh, written an entire ad and, and, uh, and where the payoff, of course, was at the very, very end. And sometimes these ads are like uh, uh, extremely, extremely, uh, uh, they're extremely wordy. Sure. So I guess that means there's no room for boring or redundant paragraphs. Every single paragraph really has to earn its place. That's correct. Okay. In your books, you also talk about how emotion is all important in copywriting. There are three emotions that you specifically mention, uh, which are guilt, hope, and greed. So how does guilt come into play in marketing? Well, you know, it's uh, making a person feel a little guilty. You ever get these mailings and they have address labels in there and they say, uh, uh, please, um, uh, you know, respond and and uh, please send us $20. Uh, and you feel kind of guilty because they sent you this gift. Um, uh, sometimes they'll send you a dollar bill and they'll ask you to fill out a survey and you, you read the, you, and you, you feel kind of guilty because they sent you a dollar bill, but you spend about a half hour filling out a survey and your time is pretty valuable. So, um, that's kind of guilt. Uh, guilt is used in a lot of different ways. Uh, and I talk about, I talk about several different ways that you can use guilt in causing somebody to take an action and purchase your product. Uh, simply by uh, feeling, uh, gee whiz, uh, um, gee whiz, I, I, I really feel guilty unless I, I buy this product or I, or I buy the service. It works for products and services. Okay, and how about hope? How does that help us with our ads? Well, some, some products, uh, like for example, vitamins, you, you buy it on the hope, you buy it on the hope that, uh, that, uh, that the vitamins that you're buying are going to help you and you're going to make you feel better and going to make you healthier and prevent uh, uh, disease or whatever. And it's, it's not something, I mean, it's, it's hope. You're, 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 you're selling hope. You're selling opportunity. You're selling, and in my, in my books, I explain how to use the, the power of hope to sell things that uh, typically would be very difficult to sell. Sure. Okay. So we've covered guilt and hope. And then last of all, greed. Why should we remember greed when we're writing an advert? Well, because people respond to uh, strong price points. Um, uh, you know, low prices. Um, if you take, we, we had, for example, uh, a product we started selling for sixty nine ninety five, and uh, the manufacturer got really up. Or excuse me, fifty nine ninety five, and the manufacturer got really upset because he said everybody is selling it for sixty nine ninety five, and you're undercutting everybody. So what we did is we ran an ad, and we said in the ad that look at the, we've got the wrong price point, but for the next two weeks we'll let you purchase it at this lower price point. And, uh, and it turned out that that little ad that we pr- placed um, worked so much better than the. Um, than the original ad. The bottom line is the uh, people uh, are attracted to bargains. Even if you're a wealthy individual, you will be attracted to value. And that's basically what uh, greed uh, relates to. Okay. My next question, Joe, was you talk a lot in your books about satisfaction conviction. And that's not a term I've really heard anywhere else before. So what does that mean? 
Well, you've heard of the 30-day trial period, the 60-day trial period, and basically it says that if you're not happy, return the product within 30 or 60 days and we'll give you your money back. Well, a satisfaction conviction goes way beyond that. Uh, a good example is when we were selling blue blockers on television. We said, when you get your blue blockers, uh, if you're not happy, even if, you, even if you've waited two, three years, uh, you can return it and get all your money back. Well, that was a satisfaction conviction. Basically, it was saying that you've got to be satisfied or you're going to get your money back. And um, uh, another example of satisfaction conviction is we were selling a digital watch. And at the time, digital watches were kind of, they, they, sometimes there were problems with them. And so we addressed that head on. We said, hey, look, at if you have a problem with your digital watch, call us up. We'll send you a loaner watch. And we'll send you a box to put your defective one and send it back to us. Well, that was a that was a good satisfaction conviction because we were saying that basically, if you have any problems at all, we want you to be very satisfied, and we'll replace that, and it won't cost you a penny. And as a matter of fact, we'll send you a loaner watch in the process. So, um, and that promotion did exceptionally well. So it's kind of really going that extra mile to make sure that the customer is going to be satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. You know, all these things could be grouped into three. We have um, uh, 31 psychological triggers, and all of them could be actually grouped into three different categories. Uh, the first category is to create an environment, a buying environment. The second one is to create trust in your in your prospect, in other words, where the prospect trusts you. And the third is something that will trigger a sale. Satisfaction conviction is is a very powerful tool to to uh, trigger a sale. We have had examples where we've had a thousand word ads, two thousand word ads, and we change just one word at the end of an ad, changing the satisfaction conviction slightly, and the response will double. And I give some I give a lot of examples of that where you can double response simply by the, a strong satisfaction conviction. You also talk in your books about linking, and again, that's not really a term I'd heard up until I read your book. So what is that, and why does it help us? Well, um, it's very difficult to sell a miracle, a miracle product, because you have nothing to compare it to. It, it's usually a major breakthrough or whatever. What linking does it is, is it links what you already know with the slight or advanced improvement that your product has. So, for example, uh, back when calculators, uh, you were able to store, well, uh, uh, I, I go back to in the early days of the calculator when uh, Canon came out with a calculator that um, you could program the memory and it will hold all your telephone numbers. Now, of course, Today, that seems almost uh, too simple, right? But back then, that was a major breakthrough. But uh, how do you sell that? Well, what we did was we related it to a pocket. We call it the pocket yellow pages. And uh, we, uh, you see, and we linked it to something that people understood. Yellow pages, uh, a directory, um, and 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 we explained, of course, how that worked. So that's that's what I meant by linking. You link it to something that people already understand and and can take the next step in terms of uh, being convinced that your product is really a, a special product. Brilliant. You also talk a lot about exclusivity. 
Why is that such a powerful factor? What is it about exclusivity that really attracts people to a certain product? Well, I, I use an example where uh, I had the snowmobiles uh, at my. I had a, an estate up in northern Wisconsin, uh, very you know, snow country, and um, I, uh, I had several snowmobiles because I would be giving seminars up there, and I'd have my seminar participants using the snowmobiles. And then I went to the snowmobile dealer just to see what was new, and he he showed me the new model that went 100 miles an hour on the lake. And I said, well, who would care about that? I mean, that's that's kind of ridiculous. He says, oh, no, no. He says, you don't understand. This is real popular. In fact, we only have two of them, and that's all we're going to get for the whole year. And I said, gee whiz, I'll, let me get one then. <laughs> In other words, because it was ex- because it was exclusive, it it attracted me because I wanted something that was really different. And when do you use that? You use that when you're selling art or collectibles or uh, things that uh, are very exclusive and very few people will have. And it's it's kind of satisfying your ego, really, because you're you're getting something that. Uh, that very few people have. And if you can convince people, uh, and I show several ways of doing that, uh, if you can convince people of its exclusivity and its rarity, uh, you could uh, you can trigger a sale. You also talk about mental engagement, which is kind of leading the prospects to reach the conclusion that you want them to, but to make them feel as if they've reached that conclusion on their own. That sounds quite difficult to me. How would you go about doing something like that, Joe? Well, um, when we have something to sell, uh, let's say, um, you know, I, I use one example in the book of uh, uh, talking about a digital watch that was produced by Seiko that was so much um, less expensive than another particular model that was very popular. And I it was explained, and I, I I did, and I said, and jewelry uh, jewelry stores love this because they sell the product for three hundred dollars, but and it only costs them a hundred and fifty. Now, what I don't say is those jewelry stores are making a fortune, and it's the markup that's causing that. But people perceived, or people came to that basically basically that conclusion, and so it's using your you letting the customer reach a certain conclusion without you having to be very obvious about that conclusion, and that is a very effective thing. People, believe it or not, they uh, when they exercise their brain, they've they've done brain scans where it just the brain just becomes alive as opposed to hand feeding and 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 giving people what the information that that, that uh, they need uh, by causing them to think uh, activates the, um, the 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 mental uh, mechanism and and people tend to uh, respond to that and of course it's much more powerful if someone believes that they've convinced themselves no one likes to feel like someone else convinced them or changed their mind but if they feel that it's their own conviction then of course it's going to be much easier to make a sale surely joey that's exactly right absolutely my final question for you joe was about editing i would imagine that when you're writing an advert when you've done a first draft there's lots that you've written that has to be chucked out of the window any tips for us when we've written something how do we edit it refine it bring it to that final version well in my opinion the most powerful thing you could learn is how to edit because everybody could write people tend to either write too much or too little um, 
but it's in the editing process that you really refine the ad. And every word has an emotion, and every emotion, uh, you sell on emotion and you justify with logic is basically what it is. So the things I, I look for is, I look for in um, my ads, I look for rhythm where you start out with a short sentence, then you have a longer sentence, then a shorter, then two shorters, then a longer. And, and in other words, you vary the, the, um, uh, the ads so that they're, they're um, oh, how could I put it, they're, they're, they're different lengths. And that creates a certain rhythm, and that's really important. The other thing is always look, for example, for the word that. Uh, and if you, read it, if, you, if you say something like, and it's very clear that, you can take out it's very clear uh, or it has been really known that you can take out everything before the word that. So if you see a word that, determine if the words that precede that are really that necessary, if you can really eliminate those. Um, you want simplicity in your sentences. You don't want any complicated words. There are always easier ways to express yourself without having to be too complicated. And so... Uh, the, uh, but anyway, the, the bottom line is, in, in, in my book, I, I, ta I talk extensively about the editing process. I go through several examples of things that you could do to tighten up your copy and make it very effective. And by the way, if I haven't mentioned this already, your ability to write copy, your ability to write advertising that sells people, that sells a prospect, that causes a person to buy is an extremely powerful tool that could build a business literally overnight. And I have several examples in my lifetime of building businesses overnight that didn't exist before I sat down to write the copy. And it's, it's again, it relates to editing because editing is the key. If you want to be a great copywriter, you want to learn editing. And that's, that's of course, uh, one of the things that I teach in my books. Joe, I just want to thank you so much for doing this interview with me. It's been Really fun to do this, and the information that you've given us today has been absolutely brilliant. Can you just tell us a little bit about your books? Because as you mentioned, there's 31 psychological triggers, and we've only covered maybe a handful of those today. I'm sure that people will be wanting to know all of them. So please tell us a little bit about your books. Well, I, uh, uh, on, uh, it's being sold on Amazon.com. I have a book called The Adweek Copywriting Handbook. And the subheading on it is The Ultimate Guide to Writing Powerful Advertising and Marketing Copy from One of America's Top Copywriters. And in it, I have all the psychological triggers. I have um, all the various axioms and techniques and things that people don't realize. And this goes beyond the original book, Triggers, which is now out of print. And this one, uh, this particular book has um, all the psychological triggers and all of the that uh, the axioms and the techniques and, and 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 also a lot of examples of ads and how you can create that slippery slide and how you could link uh, very easily and all those uh, very helpful things. It's called the again the Adweek Copywriting Handbook and you can get it through Amazon.com. It's sold throughout the world and um, my biggest thrill is getting letters from people who have read that book and said that uh, they started a business as a result and they 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 owe their success to have uh, oh I'll give you a, a beautiful example of this um my friends over at Google uh they ran a promotion and uh they got a response and then they this one guy read my book and he rewrote the ad and they ran it again and they got triple 
what they normally would have gotten. And as a consequence, I, I gave a lecture there. I, I spent three days at a, at a seminar teaching them how to write really good, great copy. So um, these techniques work, and they work very effectively. And um, and uh, the Edwee Copywriting Handbook is, I would say, the book to get. I've written several other books. Um, one is called Advertising Secrets of the Written Word. That's uh, pretty close to the Edwee Copywriting Handbook, although the Edwee Copywriting Handbook is a little bit more recent. I've written a book called Marketing Secrets of a Mail Order Maverick. That's print advertising and how I use that to build businesses and, and sell product. And then the final one is TV marketing or TV, uh, TV's, let's see, <laughs> I forgot the name of it. TV marketing or uh, marketing, oh, marketing secret, uh, TV marketing secrets or something like that. So it's all about my experiences on television, uh, both in the UK and uh, and uh, infomercials and all over the place, and so uh, that's about uh, that's about it. I, I've written several books. A couple of them are out of print, uh, and I'm considering reprinting them because I, we still get demand for them. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. But if you Google me on the internet, you'll find out a lot of information. And, you know, it's one thing you can't keep things private on the internet, yeah. but you'll find a lot of good you'll find a lot of good information about me on the internet. Yeah. And I just want to thank you, Joey, for giving me the opportunity to uh, share some of the ideas with your audience. And in any way uh, I could help, uh, um, please uh, feel free to uh, provide them with my information. I'd be happy to uh, respond. Thank you, Joe. It's been my pleasure. That's the end of today's show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Please remember to go to Amazon and buy the books as well because they really are the best there is. And if you have anything at all to do with marketing and advertising, I assure you, you will want to read them. And Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Joey. I appreciate the opportunity. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen. Take action, make money.